Hello and welcome to the My Hope Story podcast from Hope Community Church, Balanak. Stories of hope, all about Jesus. Who are we, sinners saved by grace? Welcome. Hey, yeah. How's things? It's alright, it's just a bit strange, but... Aye, it's alright, relax. You've got a big mic in front of you. <laughs> you do have a big mic in front of me. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been... Just over a week since the last podcast, so um, we need to make sure this is a good one for the for all, best. for all our fans out there. Whole <laughs> <laughs> six of them. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start with you um, introducing yourself, who you are, um, and what you do in our church. Cool. Um, so I'm Scott. Uh, I am married to Stephanie. Um, in this church, I'm a member. Uh, also. Uh, take things to do with the get all the boys in the church um, and girls when they come. Um, so that's just Bible studies with them, make sure they're alright. Yeah. Um, help them through church, things like that. So. Amazing. Two things I want to point out in your introduction there. First thing is you're the first person to actually introduce their spouse as well. Ah yes, um, brownie points. Here we well go. done. <laughs> and secondly, you're my cousin. Yay! Which is the most important part. That's good to say. Absolutely. We actually probably were more like brothers growing mm-hmm. up, but um, we'll, we'll dive into that later on. So I'm assuming you've watched or listened to the podcast, so you know the structure, you know mm-hmm. what we're going to cover off. Um, hopefully you're not going to bring us to tears. Um, Faith was close to um, <laughs> so. So hopefully you don't. Um, so yeah, we'll just go back to you growing up. Um, obviously, I know a lot of this, so it's going to be helpful for me to lead you. Um, but for a lot of people, this is hopefully new stuff. Um, so yeah, just take us back to where you grew up, um, your kind of household, and so on and so forth. Aye. Um, so grew up in Balak, been there since I've been small, very, very small. Um, Were you ever small? <laughs> well... <laughs> That's, that's quite surprising. I used to be that size at one point, but you know, I got bigger. Um, aye, anyway, so grew up mum and dad. Um, mum and dad not being Christians or anything. Uh, generally quite a, quite a strange childhood. But quite a strange childhood? Aye, just, just, I just don't think I knew what to do. <laughs> do you know, it was just quite... Do you know what to do now? Uh, mostly, okay. getting there, that's slowly good. but surely. Um, so aye, it's been, it's been, it's been a like childhood, I can't say there's been anything that's been okay. so awfully difficult. You, you grew up in Balanok, um, you say his mum and dad uh, weren't Christians when you were growing up. Um, why don't you talk us through your kind of early years, you maybe stuff that you can remember, you know, what school was like, what it was like being in, in Balanok, because mm-hmm. Balanok's got quite a, a reputation. Maybe not so much now, but certainly right. you might have been the last generation to, to kind of see that reputation. Um, so why don't you talk us through the kind of what your early memories of Balana colour you can and talk about primary school a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, primary school was good. I enjoyed that. Um, again, that that kind of that kind of fell away as I started to realise that school was pretty rubbish. You know, <laughs> so I mean, it was good. I had a good group of friends. Um, like I wasn't really one for for hanging about with friends. Yeah. Um, but in school, it was fine. Um, you Sandeg, right? Sandeg. So I mean, it's a great school. 
really yeah. did enjoy it. Um, childhood outside of school. Uh, again, I hung about, but no like, way past with schools. It was always just like people in the street and kind of food in the corner and stuff would hang about with. Um, and it was just all the, the good exciting stuff, like playing hide and seek and chases around about the, the streets and stuff. So that was good. Um, aye, so that's kind of primary school. Primary school was decent. And I'm not okay. sure I could say about it, to be honest. Okay. No, that's fine. So, outside school, um, you were into your football. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what other things were you involved in? Um, I foot, football was, was good. Some great times at the back playing football. Yep, yep. Um, Decent goalkeeper at one point. I was at one point, aye. <laughs> uh, uh, pretty much, that's how it <laughs> usually goes. Um, but no, I did used to be really good. Um, and you're actually still pretty decent. I mean, we played fives, obviously, aye. up until the, the pandemic, and uh, you, were still, you were still pretty decent in goals. Aye, so I think it's just, it's just a bug in it, I think, once you get it. And then yep. It's just getting out of the fear. If I fall in that ground, I'm big, I'm going to hurt myself. You know, <laughs> but uh, once you date, it's all right. Um, yeah, so, so you obviously grew up playing football. Aye. Which most people do in, in Glasgow schemes, let's face it, that's probably the only thing that so we actually had today, to eh? do, other than gang fight, <laughs> um, was playing football. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously you were involved in, in the scouts as well, mm-hmm. why don't you talk us through, through that, because that was, that kind of played a small role in, in Chuck's life as well, mm-hmm. so why don't you, you talk us through that? Um, aye, so, it's in the scouts like 10, 11 years, um, but in that sense I, I was a wee boy right through, um, it was great, I, I enjoyed that, it was probably one of the best kind of times of my life, so um, kind of really wanted to d- go far in that, I wanted to yeah. come up and be a leader, um, go through the training, get involved in all that kind of stuff, um, then life happened and started yeah. moving on, so uh, aye, that was good, I didn't get involved. Kind of the, the pipe band, which is in the church as well. Um, again, that's great. Still, still in that when COVID wasn't a thing. So, um, not done that now for just over a year. Um, but I, I've always been into the church, like yeah. as in different clubs and stuff. But never really put any thought into church. Um, and also youth clubs as well, things like that. So, I, I've always been at church, but no for church. So, so what was your memories of church when you were at primary school? Because obviously I went to San Diego as well, uh, and we used to go to the, the, the church every now and again, or the youth workers. Back in my day, it was obviously Dave Clipston that would come over to the school. And mm-hmm. what was your kind of memories around that? Um, it was it was, <laughs> it was really good. It was always like it's always fun. Yeah. You know, it was always like you went for Easter, you went for harvest, and like kind of special services like your leaving service and things like that. So. Like it was all really good, like good fun, but just I don't know. I guess it was just party. Like you just you knew you were going to go to church on that day. Yeah. Um. So it was like it's just a bit strange, really, because it's it's not really something you'd expect mm-hmm. almost. But it was good. I enjoyed it. Was Was Dave still the the youth worker? Um, so I I think there's definitely still the youth worker, but I think he was there maybe. Like two, three years that I remember. Yeah. Um, alongside 
David David Locke. David Locke, yeah, he was a minister. Um, so he, so sometimes it was David Locke who came into the school, other times it'd be Dave. So it just depends, really. But okay. I don't have much memories with you guys. Okay, so I'm assuming your memories of having visitors from the church is, is maybe Pete. Yeah, uh, I don't necessarily think Pete would have been in the school when I was there. I don't think. That's the usual. Aye. No, 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 I don't remember that. <laughs> Apparently there is, and that. That's the influence that Pete has on your life. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't remember him, but that's fine. Um, aye, so. I'll say Pete's been there, which I don't yeah. remember, so he's not made that much of an influence in my life. So. <laughs> maybe, maybe later on in life. Aye, we'll see. <laughs> um, okay, so. You're at primary school. Um, you're involved in things that are associated with church, but not quite church. As in you're not, probably not going to church on a Sunday morning, you're more going to activities that are run within the church building, Aye. if you like. And obviously through going there with the school, you're kind of forced into it. Mm-hmm. And what was your attitude towards church and Jesus and, and all those kind of things? Yeah, I wouldn't say really anything against it. Yep. Um, I wasn't necessarily for it either, but like just under the mind frame of people do what they want to do and that's it. Do you want yep. to do these things and go and do it, but just myself, I never really, never really seen myself as part of the kind of people. Um, so I am. No, you are one of those people. And now I'm I. So <laughs> fell for the trap. We're quite, we're in quite a unique position here because everyone else that's been on the podcast is pretty much grew up um, as part of a, a a Christian family or being around Christians. Mm-hmm. Now, we've obviously touched on the fact there that. You weren't. Um, so I've got in quite a unique position to get a, a point of view across what you would have thought of Christians, and especially growing up in a, a scheme in the East End of Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So what, what was your opinion of... You, you said you weren't necessarily against it, but you weren't for it. So what... I suppose what I'm trying to find out is, what did you think of Christians? Did you, um, did you like them? Did you want to be like them? Or were they like... Um. I guess I thought of Christians as being kind of stuck up people. Yeah. You know, very, very snobby, think they're posh, think they're everything. And, um, you know, so I, I guess I, I didn't really like the idea of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I still spoke to them, you know, I wouldn't like yep. turn away from them or anything like that. But it just always seems as if they were a, a different class of people altogether. Um, so, I mean, again, I wouldn't really say. I dislike them, just the their kind of their attitude to life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we'll talk a little bit about the church. So obviously Greyfriars, that's the church that we've been referencing. Um because it, it played a and it still does play a huge part in, in Balanok. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, certainly my teenage years, Greyfriars became like the hub <laughs> for the, the whole scheme. It's a, and it was great because everything was centred around it Aye. and maybe not necessarily for church reasons but a lot of the stuff that the Peets were obviously doing and, and a lot of other things but what do you think that meant to the scheme as in having a church being the, almost the heart of heart of the scheme so I don't really to think people were thinking church like I also it, it's just like stereotypical church yeah. It looks like one, you know. Um, 
which is great. It's it's good to see in the community, but I know particularly for me and like marking up my friend group at that time would be it's it's the youth club. Yep. You know, it's where people go to hang out. Um, it's almost like a community centre. Yeah. You know, no knowing that there's still a church in that. Yeah. You know, so. And that's probably what it felt like a lot because there was clubs on every single night and pre-COVID I think there still was so it's probably more of a probably plays more of a community centre role um, rather than a, a church role which is a shame um, but we can talk a little bit about that about that later on So Ballarat we touched on had um, quite a reputation mm-hmm. what was it like for you growing up in Ballarat did you come across that rep- reputation did you see much of that? Aye um, wasn't he wasn't a part of the kind of the core team, if you like, but yep. um, it was definitely always stuff happening, and you just always seem to be in the middle of it. Um, we were only usually the ones that would go and find it and such, um, but if it happened, then we'd be there, we'd do it. Yeah. Um, you know, so like it just, it just used to be mad. It just used to be anybody. You know, it wasn't necessarily the rivals as such. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's been many nights that we've been chased about and done the chasing, but uh, I mean, that's probably the last time you were at, eh? <laughs> Absolutely. And in fact, that's probably the last time that you came and helped as well. <laughs> I remember that. I had to phone you because I was fear and lying under a motor. <laughs> Aye, getting chased about with swords and all that, and lying on the motor. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. You and my dad came running down. Anyway, uh, aye. So that's probably that's probably like the last time I was involved in a kind of gang fight or such. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's still there, it's still a bit rough um, at the point, but wasn't really committed to it, yep. <laughs> if you can see that. Okay, so obviously primary, you, you had good memories from being at primary school, um, Sand Egg. What about high school? Because I know that was totally different for you. Um, you went to, let's say you went to Barrowman, because officially you did at the beginning. Um, maybe for a day or two. Um, but talk us through that period because that that I remember because I lived with you at that time. Um, that that was a tough time, man. Aye. Talk talk us through those kind of years. Didn't like it. Yeah. Like absolutely, hundred percent didn't like it. Started obviously first year and that was that was all right, you know. Yeah, I think you done first year, didn't you? I, I done most of first year. Gold medal. A few weeks, but all downhill for there. <laughs> <laughs> Summer holidays are that man. That was brutal. Anyway, um, so first year was all right, you know. It's like that's just settling in. Everything's all fun and games like that, yep. and then things so start getting on. That's when things start getting serious. So, I, I think I done probably most of first year, and then second year came and forgot what school was all about. <laughs> You know, so, um, aye, just seen it's a spiral through there. Didn't the way, no up the way. Yeah. So what was hard? What did, what did you do? What did I do? Nothing. That's what I was about to ask. You stay out there and be quiet. <laughs> aye, so what was tough about it? <laughs> <laughs> Which caught Um, It was tough, everything. I just, I, I didn't like the atmosphere. Um, I felt so different to people, uh, and I don't know why, and I don't know how I felt that way at the point. Um, part of me really wanted to be there because I knew, like, you need school, that's why yep. it's there. But another part of me is like, I couldn't really care about it, to be honest. Um, so I didn't like, 
don't like the teachers, don't like the people in the school, don't like the idea of, like, he's got to be really bad, but using using my brain too much, if that makes sense. Yep. So, like, I just didn't understand what I had to do, so it was just hard. Um, and do you think that was Bannerman, or was it just school in general, do you think? I, th- I personally think it's a bit of both. Um, I think, like, there's always... Like the, the support stuff in Bannerman, as you know. Yeah. But you had to you had to match a certain criteria to be there, and I just wasn't one of them at that point. Um, they just put me down to being just no one to be there, um, which is true. But there's reasons behind that, mm-hmm. and they, they seem to care about the reasons. So, um, aye, I I I'd say it's definitely about both. I can't just put the blame on them because I'm definitely fault. But yeah. Now you obviously, and I witnessed that um, you always look at your mum and dad through quite a quite a tough time in those years. Mm-hmm. Man, it was <laughs> it was brutal sometimes. <laughs> like, how do you how did you feel about the disruption that you were causing in, in your mum and dad's life? Now, obviously, you've given us the reasons and you've came out the other end of that. But how did you feel at the time? Can you remember? I I was ashamed, but I knew I had to do something. And I just didn't know what I had to do. Yeah. You know, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to react in that situation, or like even know how like even start talking about it, um, because I genuinely didn't know. Mm-hmm. So the only way I knew was to just to act out in anger and frustration and all these things, and just hope that somebody would be able to work it out for me. Yeah. Um, whether that being mum and dad or professional people, whatever it takes. Um, I just didn't know at the point. So. Man, I feel I feel guilty about it, but in many ways it's bad again. But I feel glad that I've done that. Yeah. Because it's it's made people realise there was something different. There was no like just me being a genuinely bad person, you know. Which I mean I was, but <laughs> there was issues there. Yeah. Um, which had to be dealt with. So I, I still feel guilty about it to be fair, because it obviously still affects them. Knowing yeah. that that's who I was. But so now it's different. Okay. Now, <coughs> did you ever suffer any bullying or anything at school? And the reason I say that is because you were still outside school. You were quite outgoing in terms of going to clubs. I mean, you went to scouts, you went to youth club, played football. You know, you were involved in things out of school. But you just weren't in school. Aye. So was there any sort of other elements going on, such as bullying or anything like that? No. I've say I've really been bullied as such. Like, I think I probably done it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I probably was a bully, but I mean, nothing, nothing worth greeting yeah. about. You know, it was just all the standard stuff. I mean, also I'm like dead skinny. You know, so people always call me fat and all the rest of it. But I don't really care about that. I don't know where they got that. I mean, <laughs> just look at me, man. Do you know? What I mean? <laughs> you wouldn't see that. But no, nah, I mean, I generally don't care about things like that. Yeah. Um, so. When you say I've been bullied, but I've probably not okay. done the bullying than anything else. Okay, until your employer bullied you later on in life. It's Aye. sitting there. Aye. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, you... Obviously a tough time with Bannerman. Um, you didn't always... But Bannerman became a thing of the past and you end up at a different school, or different schools and trying a few different things. Mm. You want to kind of talk us through through that period and then how do you end up 
came to a realisation of the reasoning behind what, what was going on. Aye, so, like, all the threats started coming. Eh, your mum, your dad's going to get the jail yep. and all the rest of it. Yep. And I was like, right, fine, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Selfish. But I knew there was something that was different, so I had to, had to make sure that was happening. Um, and then, you know, all the usual people coming to the door, why are you not at school, blah, 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 send the name in their way. And then yeah. um, we all get called in for a meeting in Barnumman. And I always remember this, like, as long as I live, she was the, one of the head teachers says to me, you'll no be nothing in your life. You'll no come to anything. And that sticks with me. And I still feel that, like, to this day. Um, many ways it's true. Like what she's saying for the way I was acting, I wouldn't come anything. Um, so pretty much the moment she said that, I just, I lost it. Mm-hmm. Like, I turned the school upside down and left. Because um, they tell me that they didn't want me to be there anymore. So. And can I, you blame them, now looking back? <laughs> no. In, in a way, I can see their point. Yep. But in a way, they didn't see my point. Yeah, you, you kind of think that schools and teachers should have that attitude, but Aye. it must have been tough for them as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, I knew I put them through a tough time, but if I feel like if I got the support that I was needing, then things might have been a bit better. Yeah. You know, I might have still... I've been in Barnum at the point, but I wasn't. Um, so they basically tell me to leave. They didn't want to teach me anymore. Yeah. Um, and to me, that was a massive relief. Like, I just remember getting home and realising... I've messed this up, but I feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that was then a long, long process. Um, so also not being at school. Mum and dad were also really concerned that I wasn't learning as such. Yep. Um, so I think kind of in that time, that's mostly when I learnt f- like from mum and dad. You know, how they live and things like that. Dad would teach me things that he knew, that kind of stuff, which was great. But I was still missing it on the boat and stuff. Um, so mum and dad get in contact with loads and loads of different people um, to try and get me some kind of tutoring, some kind of yep. support. Yeah. Um, ended up getting a tutor coming in in the, the house and doing uh, English and maths with me. So again, that was just a doddle. Wake up at my bed and go and talk to the guy and then go to my bed again. Yeah. <laughs> so it was great. Um, and then I started to go for assessments to see where, this, where these issues were, what was happening. Um, and again, that was that was a horrible process because I felt, I felt like a project, mm-hmm. you know, people just constantly coming to assess me, I had people coming to the house and I had to go to different places and, uh, and then ended up... But you must have wanted that though, part to me get did. answers. Part of me did, but I don't think I was expecting that. Yeah. I didn't want people just to, you know, just come and assess the things that I do, you know, I was just expecting an answer, mm-hmm. somebody just to know. Um, and you're obviously still a young teenager at this time. Aye. Whereas so you must be, what, 13 maybe? 12, 13? About 12. Yeah. 12, 13, aye. Um, you know, so I, I guess in many ways I, I was quite scared because I, I didn't know what was happening. Um, and then I went to, I went to this kind of big, massive education centre thing and I, I sat down with a kind of tutor person and she then told me um, about dyslexia. Yeah. So it turns out that I, I've got dyslexia. Um, so I, that was just a, I we think he's got it, but 
they're still meant to come, so I had to go for these different tests and like do different writing skills and reading skills and numbers and all the rest of it, and it turns out that I'm just generally quite stupid, which is fine, <laughs> you know, it doesn't bother me. Um, you know, so things like reading, writing, it's not my strong point, numbers, just don't even ask, you know, I can't add up unless it's not enough in my fingers, you know, so that's hard, I can't get through life without counting, so um, like even still learning that. <laughs> so. Just as well we have calculators on my phone. Well, aye, exactly. I mean, how many times did you go to school and the teachers were like, oh, you'll never have a calculator. Aye. I've got a calculator with me every day now. <laughs> every minute of the day. <laughs> so, I mean, that, in many ways, is quite embarrassing, you know, like, people yeah. say to me, like, I mean, I was doing deliveries there and I had to use my calculator to give them their change. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So things like that is just horrendous, but... Where you'll be raging when I pull out a test that we're going to do on the podcast. Today. <laughs> Sweating, man. Um, aye, so that was good. That is that was a relief. Yeah. Um, knowing that it wasn't just stupid, mm-hmm. like there was an issue there. Um, so then we thought that was it. We thought that like, he's just dyslexic, he's no understanding. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but then I just started getting really, really angry about things. Um, it used to just wreck my landlord's house. Um, squared up to my dad a couple of times, which was pretty terrifying. <laughs> but <laughs> it just happened. Um, again, just just lashing out at the things, people, on the estate. So they weren't happy with that, like all these people that were assessing me. Um, so they went for further tests. Uh, ended up meeting up with like MPs and things like that as well. Yeah. Mad. Um, and then they decided to put me through like anger management, mm-hmm. but again I felt stupid in there. You know, I remember doing a test and they, they literally got me to play with two dollies while they watched and build Lego. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, so I lost it in there <laughs> through the dollies. Well, that probably left. proved their point. You know, that. <laughs> I was like, what are, you, what are you playing at, man? You know, so literally lashed out in there, threw their dollies at them and left. And then. Yep. They found out that I needed anger management, but there was issues under that. Like, yeah. So again, made me a test. Um, and then, I think at this point, I was maybe like 14, um, and went into the children's hospital. And I sat down with this guy for like five minutes, and he says, no, he says, there's something wrong with you, and I know what it is. And part of me, like, was terrified. Because I didn't know what he was going to say, obviously. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that he told me that I had um, autism, specifically Asperger's, which is basically just autism, but like mere kind of sensory stuff, mere don't like situations, things like that. Um, it's not say it's not like uh, visible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's mere it's mere in the head. It's mere how you feel. Um, and I remember. Like mum and dad thinking, like, that stands we're looking for, but how's that going to affect him? And to be honest, that's the best news I've heard all my life. Yeah. Like, because that made me realise, you know, I'm no, like, this bad person. You know, I'm no, like, I'm no stupid, I'm no, like, I am different, but no, in any bad way. Um, so I, that was a massive, massive relief. Like such a weight took off my shoulders, knowing that there was something wrong. Um, okay. 
So once you got that, you you were kind of back to school for a wee bit, weren't you? Was Aye. It, was it White Hill you went to? Aye. Um, As a specialist unit in there, wasn't it? Aye. So again, like this was all the process of a year, um, just over a year. Um, but in that time, I was still, I was still going out with friends and that, yeah. like Faye Barnum and stuff. Um, like, I think it was, it was January at some point, and Dad got like news that there was this kind of school that will support people like me. Yeah. But then automatically, I just thought this is going to be really bad, but a special school. Yeah. You know, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Dad. I'm not going to a special school. But this place turns out that it's just a wee kind of unit inside, like just a normal secondary. Yeah. Um, and that was great. Like. Again, didn't like the idea yet, but I went. Um, I done like kind of like two days a week to start off with, um, and I was just expecting the people to be just really different, or like maybe disabled or things like that, you know. But these people were just like me. Like, yeah. We were all the same, and like don't get me wrong, that's carnies at times. But <laughs> you know, one person triggers off, and everybody's triggered off, you know. So, aye, it was great, but. <laughs> Was mental sometimes. Good. Um, now, obviously, you still don't know Jesus at this point. Mm. Um, you don't know really the church. You're, you're still going to the clubs, um, so you're still around mm -hmm. the community centre slash church, but kind of not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. Can you remember the turning point in that? So I think. I think it probably started just before in that school, um, where we were out streets hanging about doing stuff we probably shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. But remember, I said one night we went to the youth club, and uh, I think I think that was the point people was just kind of starting off, um, and then I just remember they spoke to me, and wasn't really thinking about it. Uh, but then. Can you remember what he said to you? I actually think we were playing the Wii, we were not. I think we were playing like bowling on the Wii or something like that. Right. Um, but it was more after that, and they started kind of sharing the Bible at the starting club. Yep, I and remember that. That's I, was like, I, think, I think that's a turning point, like, I'm not coming back here. No chance of my coming into this. <laughs> but something about that just made me keep coming back. Um, not necessarily just for that, but it was different, you know, like we weren't out getting in trouble. Yeah. Um, only doing the things we weren't meant to be doing. So I don't know, something something was just drawing me into that. Uh, also no knowing anything about that. And then I just remember thinking, like after maybe like two or three weeks, I was like, this guy's a pure idiot. Why is he talking about things like this? Like, this just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But then I think for the point that I said that, that's when I started thinking about it more. You know, how does that make sense? Um and I started, I started to question that. So that's the really time I've like, heard the gospel. Like, no really known. Like, you always know like, all the big Bible stories and how yeah. great it is and all the rest of it. But, like, knowing that I was sinful and Jesus wasn't he, I was like, right, what makes him different to me? Um, so I think then, kind of, going to that school, I then started to kind of fall away from that group. Um, like still, still probably been a wee bit of a rebel, but like can't do a wee bit. 
Um, and then just kind of kept going back to the youth club. But like also kind of during that during that year, like I remember Pete just kind of being there for me, you know, mm -hmm. coming like maybe went and like read a book and stuff together and things like that because like I was questioning it and I knew that. So kind of just reading different books and like I'm just trying to basically share Jesus with me, yeah. um, which was great. And then I don't really know the exact point. Like I says, I want to do these things, but I reckon now it's probably like eight, nine years, something like that. Hey, remember you texted me one morning saying, Pete, I think I love you, this Jesus thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, aye. Um, what is I, this Jesus thing? No idea, still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, 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 I like, I was scared to do that because like people knew me as being a horrible wee person, you know, just want to batter everybody. But then when I texted him, I was like, I don't know if I've done the right thing, you know. <laughs> but yeah. I was really scared. Um, and then, like I think you said, we came into the office that day, wasn't it? And then why? Why were you scared? I don't know. Like I always looked at God as being scary. Mm -hmm. Like this big guy in the sky who can just wipe out the world. You know, but and he is scary. It's true. I, <laughs> I didn't realise that. <laughs> but um, so before you before you progress with this part, you mentioned something really key that a sin. You, you were mentioning that you started to realise you were a sinner because of what Pete was sharing at rock solid on a on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking about that at this point? No. At this point, I don't think too much. Because I always looked at Christians as being happy people. Like, always had a smile on their face and their lives just seemed to be brilliant. So what did you think about sin then? What what did sin mean to you at that point? Did you know what it was? Or? I think... I think I looked at it as just being bad stuff. You know, not necessarily every single day things. Being the obvious bad person. Aye. If you were bullying someone, if you hit someone. Aye. or Yeah, so that that's the kind of... All sin is, is sin. Mm -hmm. But you've got your obvious sins, Aye. which which are those kind of things. So that's kind of what you're thinking about then. I think so. Okay. Like it wasn't really all the wee nitty gritty things. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've texted Pete. You've told him you want to do this Jesus thing. However, you're scared of it. Um, you're reading books with Pete. You're trying to absorb everything. You're questioning a lot, which is great. However, you're you're starting to feel a bit a bit more committed. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think the point is? Can you think? Can you remember the point where you feel as if you were saved when you decided to, you know, trust in Jesus and and ask for forgiveness for your sins? Can you remember that point? So again, this is when it, this always gets tricky because I would say at that point that's when I wanted it to happen. Yep. But really, didn't know how to go about that. Um, you know, so like I genuinely just thought I just need to say the words and that's that's it done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel only it was as easy as that. You know, I, exactly. I didn't realise it took all this effort. Yeah. Um But man what'll be worth it. Well, aye, that's that. So part of me was saying, Scott, just do this and your life would be brilliant. The yeah. other part of me was saying, I don't know how to do that. Yeah. You know, so um, Again, that's that's where Pete came in and then 
like almost kind of disciple me through that. Mm-hmm. You know, showing me right this is wrong, but here's Jesus. Yep. You know, um, so at that point, I don't really know if that's the point I was saved because I was still still having a, a double life. Yeah. You know, um, still times that I was out with these people that are still hanging about me. Um, still then doing the good stuff I going to school you know and not really knowing where to put Jesus into that yeah um, or just the Bible in general like so I I don't know I mean went to church on the Sundays and things like that but I just thought that was something you just done you just went you showed up you went home okay um, so I don't I don't necessarily know the point that it was a 100% commitment no. It was just something that kind of progressed over time. Aye, I think so. Okay, okay. So. so, skip forward a wee bit. What happens after your school years? Um, and then kind of in the immediate after school, what what happens there? So, obviously, I get kept back a year, um, just to catch up on everything that I missed yeah. out. But basically, that then didn't happen because everybody else was leaving. Yeah. Which they just left me in the, the unit and I wasn't up for that. Um, so the school then tell me if I go to college, I can do that. Um, so I pretty much I pretty much left that school with like just the bog standard turning up marks. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote my name on my exam and that was it. Um, I always remember in a maths exam. We were doing pie charts and that. And I just remember my teacher says to me, if you don't know the answer, just put something down. You might get something right. So literally I do a state pie on my, my maths exam. Thing that's a pie chart. <laughs> I drew a pie. No idea. Right? Absolutely no idea what was going on. Maybe that's why you're fat, man. It could be. Constantly thinking about food. It could be. It's the only pie I could think of. Like they're talking about pies with numbers and percentages you're and that. Like, I can draw steak pies. I just want to scram that. <laughs> you know, so um Funny thing is, I got a mark for it because I drew a circle. <laughs> so that was good. Yeah, um, it's a win. It's a bonus. Put it? your name right, like, I'm assuming, <laughs> and draw, draw a circle. She tell me, see, see if well, I well, cut well, the pie. If I cut the pie up, I would have got me a points for it. But oh, I didn't, yeah. unfortunately. So um, anyway, I got turning up marks. So leaving school with nothing. Yep. But um, went to college, and basically the rule was I had to go to college and be there for like, like in a short period of time before the school would allow me to leave. Yeah. So I literally done that. I went for like three months and then left. Um, okay. Just didn't like, just like education. That was enough. Don't. It was enough to get you out of school, basically, Aye. is what you what you were doing. Aye. Um, but as soon as I left college, I went pretty much straight into work. Um, started doing kind of youth work stuff. Um, yeah, a company called Peak. That's right. Yeah. I forgot you uh, done that. Brickton, so that was great. I really enjoyed that. Massively enjoyed that. That was street work, wasn't Aye. it? Was it kind of a bit different, really, but yeah. that was the main focus. Um, so I think then I just kind of caught that bug a day in youth work, which was good. So um, where are you at with Jesus during this time? Because Peak isn't a Christian youth organisation, isn't it? So I believe it started off kind of like that, didn't it? Um, it started okay. off in a, in a church, um, and then just through time, I think it just more people came in and yeah. I just all fell away for that. Um, but I always kind of feel that I always remember wanting to do youth work but Christian youth work within ministry yeah. um, 
I, I didn't know what that looked like, you know, is it like just volunteering at youth clubs or whatever, you know, I don't know, like church youth clubs. Um, and I, I felt, like all during that, I felt really convicted that I knew Jesus and mm-hmm. all these young kids that I was with didn't he? Um, and I just wish I had the opportunity that I, like, I could have had at a young age yep. to, to hear Jesus. Um, you know, so I think kind of at that point, I mean, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say during college, college it was a, it was a wee bit better. You know, I'm still kind of trying to progress. Um, the whole Christian stuff. Um, but I'd say once I hurt there would probably be the point that I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Like I started then saying that I, I need to I need to keep growing. I need to keep learning. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably say that's for that point. Okay. So you left Peak. How long were you there for? Uh, I was there for a year, kind of on. So I. I started like kind of volunteer basis, um, and then I was in like maybe a year, and then I got offered a two year, three years, a three year kind of program with them, um, which is another company that wanted to employ me yeah. to work for them, um, and then kind of done that for that two, I think, I think it was three years, so okay, that was like my first kind of job as such. So what age does that take you up until then? At the end of that. So I started when I was, I think I started working when I was 16 with them, because I, I had to, I, I remember having to wait on my last one Jules number, so I must have been <laughs> yeah, just turning just up for 16. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so that then take me, no it must have only been two years because I was 17, I finished when I was 17, um, just maybe just over that. Okay, so. so yeah, you're seeing a need for a Christian youth worker because you're around these young people that don't know Jesus. And of mm-hmm. course, you, for the past maybe three or four years, have been trying to soak up as much Jesus as you can get. So, what happens next after peak then? Um, I think, I don't think I'd have had didn't really want shows after that. Um, like just like odd work. Cause then was it? No, I, I don't think I had any kind of proper jobs after that. Okay. So how um, how did you get involved in uh, Hope and Balanok then? I so I remember Pete and and Pete took us up to Costa and uh, like I felt there was something wrong. No, I did I thought I was in trouble, right? Yep. And uh, <laughs> they then they then says that they were going to be leaving. Um going to be leaving kind of doing the youth work stuff. But I had to keep that a secret, I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. <laughs> um until like that weekend away that they told everybody um, yep. they'd be leaving. Um I was confused. I didn't know why. I was like are meant to be youth workers, like what he's doing, kind of thing. But I was on board with them, like straight away. They pretty much said, like, do you want to, like, you've basically got the choice. You can stay here, or you can come along with us and and do this kind of stuff. So was there a job opportunity for you at that those early stages? I, I don't think at that stage. Um, like, but partly I was thinking there probably will be at some point. 
Yeah. Um, you know, so obviously they can always work and stuff like they stuff we beat can then uh, the scouts, things like that. Like I knew I knew how to do that. Um so I, I guess in a way I probably thought it would happen. Yeah. Um just not knowing when, how, that kind of thing. Um but I basically said we're gonna go and start the day in church and it sounds pretty cool to be fair, I want to show yeah. you that. Um so I went along with them. Um Aye, started things off. Okay, so you obviously grew up in Balanok and, and the Peets didn't. What was the reaction from the scheme due to the fact that you were, were starting up a church? And there was already Greyfriars, mm -hmm. which is a thriving uh, community base, which is obviously a church as well. And you've also got the, the chapel, uh, mm -hmm. St Jude's, which is on the other side of the scheme. Um, so as far as people of Balanok are concerned, we've already got two churches. Aye. So what what was the reaction to you guys setting up a third church? I think people probably th thought the same as me that there is there is already a church. Yeah. But at that point, like I, I knew, I knew they weren't solid and what they were teaching. Yeah. Um, but. I just didn't see the bigger need that that needs to be sorted, you know. Um, like so, I guess I just kind of was just. I guess I was just waiting, you know. And I think other people were confused that why, like we we weren't just waiting, why we wanted to just go ahead and day. Yeah. Um, day he's hope. got he's got quite a lot of hate, didn't he? In those early days. <sighs> Aye. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what's the ins and outs, but I do remember things were on Facebook and, yeah. you know, um, like I remember I offended some people because I was wearing a jumper and a hat, you know what I mean, like, get a grip of yourself, but, yeah. um, you know, but I, I, didn't, I didn't really understand that, like, I was yeah. like, people just being petty, or, you know, I guess it is, but, um, I think the, the biggest issue was, like, the whole, the whole sin thing. You know, people don't like that. Yeah. That you're sinful. And then obviously, like the whole thing of 20 schemes is coming into, like, poorer communities. So you mentioned, I just want to stick on that, the whole people maybe got offended by Pete, um, I think it was Pete's video saying, you know, there's sinful people in Milan that need saved. Go back to what you said earlier on about sin and about your, <coughs> um, your opinion perception of Christian people. You thought they had it sorted. Um, you thought that they maybe thought they were better than people. Do you think that actually was a, now the perception of Hope Balanok because what, who are you calling a sinner? Are you, you, you know, you think you've got your life together? Mm -hmm. Is that the kind of perception? So that almost went full circle because that's what you used to think. Aye. And that's what other people started to think about Hope. Aye. I think so. I think I think I can see that, like, like even now, yeah. it's been here, yeah, like, like five years, mm -hmm. um, and I, I just see myself a day, like, that's the way I used to think, you know, and like, I generally don't blame people, like, it looks, it looks uncomfortable, it looks weird, yeah. Yeah. you know, seeing all these Christian guys about and seeing a church and, you know, flyers everywhere with all this church information on it, like. That is weird. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's no, it's not a common thing to see. Um, you know, so I, I understand them for that. Um, I, I think it's getting better. I think people have kind of grown to the idea that we're here and like we are doing nice things for the community. Yeah. But also. Well, they're sharing the gospel. Yeah, and that's what's important. It's not just about doing new things for the community. Mm-hmm. You know, the people of Balanark and Bayliss and, and everywhere, there's souls there that need saved. Mm-hmm. And the only way for that to happen is if we are spreading the gospel and Jesus does work in their lives and, and they ultimately succumb to that and, and give their life to Jesus and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's important that we're doing nice things, but it's also that it's not... That's not the message, that's not the story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the two peeps have, have uh, had a chat with you. They're leaving, going to set up a church. You decide that you're going to go with them because you see that there's potential opportunities um, further down the line. We spoke a little bit about how the, the, the scheme reacted to that. Now, you obviously end up becoming a, an, an employee of... 20 schemes, which was obviously overseeing Hope or setting up Hope. Mm-hmm. So, how did that come about? How did you end up with a job out of it? Um, like, just before that, like, I ended up um, on the process of getting married. And I remember just absolutely bricking it, thinking, like, it's in my head even to this day, like, how, how am I going to support somebody when I've not yeah. got any work? Um, so, like again, I had I had a job to to pay off the wedding, try and get some yeah. money for that, um, and then I was married. Not even that long, I didn't know. Um, and then like that kind of position came available. Um, so, like I remember thinking, like, like I don't know, I don't even know if they want to have me. <laughs> Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, knowing who I was and like me knowing who I am you know how, how would I be able to deal with that how would I be able to deal with working in a church um, and then I remember just being like mega nervous about things but uh, I had that, an interview with Shaba uh, and then within a few weeks I had the job um, I just went a bit fast but that happened <laughs> that was yeah. kind of praise um, the Lord exactly so Aye, that was great. Enjoyed okay. that. So, quick conscious of time. So let's uh, do a quick overview of what your time being employed by the church was like. Um, it was really good. Uh, learned a lot. Like, ended up um, doing all this different training stuff. Uh, and then get involved in the whole kind of ragged school thing. Um, and that was a, a, almost like a theology course, aye. I feel like. So literally that's like the only qualification that I have in life is theology, um, which is great, but, you know, employers don't want that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, I mean, I it, it was good, done, I said I've done a fairly decent job. Yeah. Um, still a lot of improvement there, but... But were you kids that you were focusing on? Aye, so, and I, again, kids stuff just always seems to be the same stuff, you know, it's always like just get me after school clubs going and then yeah. all these kind of things, which is what it was, but like the difference is I wanted to share Jesus with them, yeah. you know, and, and give these kids that opportunity that I wish I had. Um, 
so aye, that was good running that three years I was there um, doing different holiday clubs and kind of big days out and things like that yeah. and again main focus being we're here for Jesus not here for like these kids I were there for the kids but that's not our one main purpose so um, we've also mentioned sin a few times did you obviously you were employed to be um, in ministry did you did you struggle during that time is there any struggles with sin during that time aye newly married and that was just a total riot. <laughs> Still <laughs> is a riot, but um, aye, like it was just like again, Christian marriage. I thought was just perfect, and yep. nothing was wrong with that. But again, it's I think it's harder, <laughs> yeah. you know, because we're all trying to we're all trying to do the same stuff, and it just ended up clashing. Yeah, still the case, but it's just relying on God that we can get better every day in it. So exactly. And during that time, along came Jackson. Aye. Aye, give us a wee chat about that. Uh, aye, so Jackson is now three. Um, he was also born three years ago. Jackson being your son. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, aye, that, that was mad. Like, literally, we, we, we got engaged and then we got married and then, like, there's a couple of farts along the way and then we were pregnant. Do you know what I mean? It was like, oh yeah. my goodness. So, it just, everything just came at one time. Um, you know, so it came at quite a shock at first. But like, man, whatever you want to do, what have we done? Um, but I mean, we could spend the whole <laughs> educational piece talking about that <laughs> if you don't understand how it happened. I still don't. <laughs> Pete might need to give you a disclaimer about the young people are listening. <laughs> um, so I, uh, that was that was challenging. Like, I feel still like not even anywhere near ready. We don't think you can ever be ready to have kids, but. Like, still in a one bedroom flat and yeah. like pretty much had nothing behind us that we can use to support them anyway or anything like that but again God was still good and still kept providing for us um, so uh, he's carnage he's oh, an he's, absolute he's riot a tackle, man. but again he's, he's generally not a wee boy so uh, got his moments I've got my moments where I need to lose my lid but that's fine moving on for that uh, Bye. So he's Amazing. a total joy, but Amazing. hard. So I think that's a, a very good overview of your life uh, up until now. So why don't you give us a wee, a wee brief of what's uh, what's currently going on in your life? So you've grew up in Balanok, you've been to school, you've not been to school, you've been to school. You've uh, moved churches, you've had a bit of backlash about that, you've been married, you've got a boy. Where are you at now? What's, what's happening? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. I don't know the answer. <laughs> um, currently, right now, I've been looking for work for the past like 105 years. Um, it's just the longest process of my life. Again, I've had jobs. You've had more jobs than I've had hot dinners. Aye. Recently. That's, that's true. Um, I get work. Something will happen. I don't have work. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's the process. And again, it's my fault. You know, it is. Like I'm no I'm no cut out for, for real life as such, but again just I try and just struggle through that and keep persevering with it. But 
it's just hard. Um, so ideally that's my life right now, is just looking for work. Um, still also involved in the church as much as I can be, obviously despite everything, but um, still leading these young guys through Bible studies, um, still talking to them. So I, um, that's pretty much it, is just looking for work. Okay. Um, I mean, I've got jobs everywhere, but work coming through none of them. So, <laughs> okay. And you're, you're obviously still looking to Jesus and being thankful that he's still providing, mm-hmm. even to this day, so that's that's glorious. Absolutely. Okay, where do you see yourself being then? What, what's the future look like for you? Do you see a future? A day, but I'll probably be dead by that point, <laughs> the time I get it done. So, ideally, um, so I've got a few things that I enjoy and I love and just undecided on which one I need to be. Um, so either I can see myself either doing some form of kind of youth work yeah. um, or starting something myself. I've got a massive issue with, with bosses and people telling me what to do in a bad attitude. <laughs> right? Tell me what to do if you're nice about it, but if you're a clown about it, I'm not for it. Was Pete a clown about it? Absolutely. Every single day, <laughs> no, he was generally right. Um, like, I don't know, I struggle with authority, I always have. Yeah. Um, never like people telling me what to do. Um, you know, so that's just stuck with me. Um, what did I say? I youth work, um, or oh, going along the in line in my own kind of stuff, like just try to build something myself and kind of go with that when it's yeah. just me out doing a job. Um, or, like, Again, morbid and weird, but that's just who I am. Is if you know directing, um, just love it. Like love the whole idea, of, like supporting families and I like to do it. And then during a hard time, I in people. So, aye, that's kind of that's what I want to be. Okay. That's what I'm more settled on. Um, yeah. But that's that's followed the line. That's years. So, plus still get things I need to do in between that. Yeah. Okay. So, before we move on to um, the Bible verse that you've picked, how can how can the listeners or the viewers be praying for you? Because obviously times are, are pretty tough at the moment, with work wise and even harder during this pandemic. But so how can how can we all be praying for you at the moment for you and obviously your family? Aye, um, I guess just perseverance, right? I'm I'm really good at getting up, very very good at that, and I I, I want to, <laughs> but I don't want to. Um, like struggle, still with like I'm still learning every day about myself and whole kind of like Asperger stuff and anxiety all these things, but it's a hundred times harder during all this. Well, can't go and escape for ten minutes and the rest of it, you know. So. Um, I just perseverance through that. Uh, work, like, on on my bare bones now, trying to get stuff. So, it's pure outcome. Um, and I guess just more opportunities that I can still be involved with the church and still yeah. sharing Jesus with people, even though I'm still a mess. But still, what I've got to do. Yeah. Okay. Definitely be praying for that. Absolutely. So why don't you share 
your Bible verse that you've chosen and why you've chosen it, and you could read it out to us okay. as well. Um, so as I said, like I go through life, just I worry about things, but no, no, I term that I get myself all worked up and upset about it. Like very, very, very anxious person. Like I don't like things, um, and I'll make that very clear. But I try and read this to myself, um, which is Matthew 6, um, 25, to whatever verse I stop it, I'll tell you that in a bit. <laughs> uh, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food, um, and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky, they don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you worth more than they? Aren't you worth more than they? Um, can any of you add one moment to the lifespan by worrying? So, I'm more important than the birds of the sky, and God provides for them, and yeah. he they, they gives them. Right, and he's basically saying, like, I don't need to worry about these things. I don't need to worry about how things are going to pan out, how things are, how things are happening, because that's under his control. Like, yeah. And particularly the new, like, I'm just thinking, like, even just like last week, I remember like stepping out with the dog, and I just, I just stood there and was like, what is, what are you doing? What's happening? <laughs> like, what is this world doing? What's happening with me? And I guess many times I was really upset about it and annoyed. Yeah. But then again thinking about that verse, I was like, he knows what he's doing and he's just, he's got that covered as such. Um and more specifically to me, it's telling me not to worry about these things, don't be anxious about these things. because like, it's in it's in his control. Um, and again I just wish I knew that for yeah. a young age. Um so I didn't feel the way I felt and now realising this, I'm like, I did feel like that because I didn't know God. Um so Amen. Amen. Okay, um, I'll pray for us um, just before we finish up, and then that will be us. Thank you. Father, I thank you again for, for this opportunity. I thank you for Scott's courage to share his story, um, share what he's went through. Um, and Lord, I just praise you that you've brought him to where he is today and that you continue to provide for him. Lord, I'm thankful that he does rely on you and that he trusts in you. So Lord, I just ask that you continue to do that and provide. And Lord, I ask you to speak to anyone that is a non-Christian or, or even is a Christian but is struggling. Lord, I just ask that you, you take them and you look after them and you guard their hearts. And Lord, I pray for this every time, but this podcast is set up to help save souls. So, Lord, do that work, because I know that you will. And, Lord, I just ask that you bless each and every one of us for the remainder of the week and how we progress each day, struggling with sin. Lord, I bring these things to you in your name, in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming on, Scott. That's good. Enjoyed it. It's amazing to see that Christians don't have a life together because you've shown us that you don't. Mm -hmm. 
but you trust in Jesus every day for that. So, you know, true testament to you, man. My, my hat's you. off to you. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks to everyone listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the My Hope Story podcast. To find out how you can have your own hope story, go to www.myhopestory.co.uk.